order the Peace River Town Council regular meeting for Monday, March the 9th, 2020, to order. And you, we can indicate in the records that the meeting started six minutes after five. Councilors should have an agenda in front of them. Are there any additions to be made, Mr. Town? Um, there's no formal addition to your worship, but if uh, council wanted an update on pandemic or COVID-19, planning staff would be able to, to speak to that briefly tonight if you so wish. Yeah. I've got to uh, new business, I guess. I'm very <clears throat> COVID-19 planning update. Uh, Your Worship, if we're just uh, not urgent, but I did uh, attend the Francophone Alberta flag raising ceremony and I did raise their capital project with the uh, superintendent. So if uh, agreeable, I could speak to that topic in about two minutes if there's interest. We'll put that under information. Okay. <clears throat> A Trudan expansion. Correct. They're building an empire out there. They are. Um, any deletions? Deletions? There's not your worship. Okay. Uh, and a, a motion to adopt the agenda as amended. As amended, I guess. Under. Um, there are the minutes from the February 24th regular meeting. Any uh, additions, deletions, modifications, etc., etc. Yeah, Your Worship, I would uh, move the February 24th uh, minutes as presented. Under any public hearings, Mr. Huh? There's not Your Worship. Any presentations to be had? There are none. And bylaws? There are no bylaws this evening. And I see there is no unfinished business. That's, that's correct. So we're right in new business. Briefing note, Northwest Airlines update. So, your Worship, uh, staff have brought forward uh, just a briefing note or an update on discussions that we have had with with Northwestern Airlines. Um, again, just for um, so council is is brought up to date because there was some recent information um, or contact, and again to just uh, allow the public to be familiar with what's what, what's happening with this portfolio. Um, so just as a little um, backgrounder here, um, going back to 2017, Northwestern Airlines had sent a letter expressing interest in providing scheduled service to Peace River. And the airport manager at the time, uh, William Stewart, um, had replied and then followed up with a phone call. Um, oh, the mayor followed up with a phone call to Brian, Brian Harold. So we've been We've been in contact with Mr. Harold several times during during this whole discussion um, or conversation point. 
and we have since 2017. Um, even since Mr. Stewart has left, we have been in contact with Mr. Harold, who um, more recently had um, been in touch when Northern, Northern Air had announced that they would end their scheduled service. So the town contacted Northwestern Airlines and Mr. Harold. Um, at that time, Mr. Harold advised that they were lacking flight crews and unable to consider uh, taking on new routes or, or new services at the time. Um, and there were several phone calls and emails to that effect. Um, so just in terms of another uh, piece that's happened since, um, the CAO, Chris Parker, had a conversation with Mr. Harold most recently on February 21st. Um, and Mr. Harold again reiterated that they're very keen to consider a service in Peace River, but um, were having their staffing problems and unable to uh, secure flight crews to, to be able to consider. Um, so this is something that, you know, we're hoping can happen. Um, you know, in terms of of immediate steps or, or actual steps, you know, we will absolutely talk with Northwestern if there's a, a consideration on fees or or um, other services that we can provide. We haven't got to that uh, step in discussions just because he hasn't been able to to consider a service at this time. Um, we do also know that they had talked to Northern Air about fuel services. Um, of which we're told that Northern Air had provided a very attractive fuel pricing amount to see if they'd be interested or, or to entice them to come, but um, nothing has been final on that part either. So again, you know, we, we understand with the cessation of existing scheduled air service staff are uh, trying their best to, to encourage or consider alternative options. Again, possibly provide it more difficult with the recent oil prices and um, difficult for oil resource industries to, um, you know, I, they'll be looking to, to either cut costs or, or consider other savings. So, um, you know, don't know what impact that would have on a potential scheduled service, but it's really a, a staffing issue on the service providers and on on uh, why this is potentially unable to, to get any traction or, as we could say, off the ground. Any questions, Mr. Town? It's a man in the door. <coughs> okay, uh, move we accept it. Yes, please. All in favor? Um, we will then. Go to the 60 scoop invitation. So before council is a invitation to attend the 60 scoop what was lost um, experiential exercise, which I've been told they will not be physically scooping people up, but no. um, you know you'll be able to listen to the experiences and, and reflections and um, be able to uh, to listen to people who were impacted by by the uh, actual issue. So again, the impact of the, the 60 scoop were an estimated 20,000 Indigenous children, which is a, an incredible amount when you when you think about it. Um, would have happened over a 20 or 30 year period. Um, they were seized and placed in foster and adoption programs for non-Indigenous families. 
I'm, you know, not really devastated. Their, their cultural um, well-being and cultural understandings, and it's part of the reconciliation progress that is progressing. So last year, we were pleased to be part of the coming home exhibit, um, which again was was a reconciliation piece. Uh, this is um, additional work that that the group is doing. Um, to be able to allow them to, um, you know, complete their reconciliation, healing, um, and other, um, just, just to be able to, uh, to make people aware and, and, and assist themselves in, in the healing and closing off this, or helping close a difficult part in, in these people's lives. Um, so again, the, the session is on. Oh, missing the date here, Wednesday, April the 8th. Um, so there's an option here to enable council to attend and, and to uh, enable them to attend. They are asking that the mayor or someone is able to speak and offer welcoming remarks, um, which begins at 10 o'clock that morning. Um, so again, council could either enable or, or decline to. Staff recommendation is that council be enabled to attend the experiential exercise reflections from the 60 scoop will be held at the Peace River Library uh, Wednesday, April 8th, and for the mayor or designate to offer welcome on behalf of the town. Well, I think what we'll have to uh, ask the deputy mayor to take down one. I think she'll be back from holidays, and uh, I won't be able to make it myself, but we should uh, enable everyone to, uh, all the counselors to attend. Um, I suspect that that uh, <coughs> as COVID-19 works uh, uh, its way through the province of Alberta, uh, this one might be postponed. But anyhow, we'll, uh, we'll still put a neighboring motion out there if we can. Uh, yes, uh, Your Worship, uh, I would uh, I would put a motion on the floor to enable uh, uh, Mayor and those councillors that uh, are able to attend the Wednesday, April 8th event at the uh, library. And this is the event to uh, reflect in reflections of the 60 scoop. All in favor? And uh, Ms. McQuaig, uh, please, please tell the deputy mayor that she's been uh, drafted. I, uh, <coughs> I am in the process of so doing, Your Worship. And I'll ask uh, Councillor Downing to be back up if uh, necessary. Very good. Um, uh, there's a, another request for a decision regarding the spring trade show. So last week we had discussed the uh, trade show and what the town was going to do, and we had some good discussions off that. Um, and again, since this is a, a chance for elected officials to come out, represent the town, uh, talk to constituents, uh, answer any questions that might be out there um, and council shown an interest in attending um, we would like to uh, enable council to do so um, so the recommendation is that council be enabled to participate in the trade show um, on april 17th and 18th of 2020. any questions mr Joe? Um, i'll move that council all members of the council be uh, enabled to participate in the trade show April 17th and 18th. We're just spreading around, guys. All in favor? 
Oxford decision regarding out of the cold open house. So we're kind of running a theme here. Um, this is another invitation from the out of the cold event um, for the out of the cold shelter. So it's a new program in the community and a coalition of volunteers, RCMP, uh, women's shelter and other agencies. Um, program's mandate is to offer chronically homeless people or persons a safe place to sleep, um, access to basic nutrition and, and support services. Um, with the hope of seeing a reduction in use of medical and police resources uh, needed to react to issues arising from unsheltered persons. So they're ho hosting an open house, um, an event on Monday, March 30th from 5 to 9. Um, it doesn't say, but they're asking also that um, someone brings welcome on behalf of the town. Um, and the recommendation is that council being able to attend the out of the cold, cold open house on March 30th from hours between 5 to 8. Oh, so this is an evening session. That's correct. And March the 30th occurs when? On what day? Um, March the 30th? I'm not sure what day. So it's Monday. Monday. It's a Monday, Your Worship, and there's no council meeting that night. Okay, we will, uh, I think we should entertain a motion and we will be I'll move that we enable council to attend the out of the cold open house on March 30th, 2020. As requested. Perhaps you can talk to our communications officer and advisor that we all that the mayor will require a, a resounding speech when you rally the troops. Believe she's making that note, sir. And the next one is a, a request for a decision regarding the joint council meeting in Northern Sunrise County. So council had discussed um, doing this at our at the previous um, governance and priorities meeting and have directed staff to come back with a motion to enable this. So again, the concept was, was floated um, during our ICF intermunicipal collaborative framework discussions with Northern Sunrise County. Um, since our discussions are generally complete and we are just in the process of finalizing an agreement, um, it was felt that having a joint council meeting to ratify uh, the agreement, um, pretty significant and possibly historic agreement between the two municipalities um, to do so, which will again kind of, um, you know, just be a reflection of, of the funding towards regional services that are provided for residents of residents and ratepayers of, of both of our municipalities. So in doing so, um, you know, there's there's some information there on what a what a format would look like. It is a single issue uh, agenda that we would do, and again, it'd be for the the ratification or approval of our ICF agreements between the two parties, <coughs> and be allowed the mayor and Reeve to sign possibly or probably that evening. Um, so staff are recommending the council. Um, that the mayor call a special meeting 
for Monday, March 23rd, 2020 at 5 p.m. This would push, and then there's a second wording there for the regular council meeting to start that evening at 5.30 p.m. So this would push our regular meeting back half an hour, which would allow for this to occur and have the joint meeting with Northern Sunrise County. So do you need a motion for a vote for that? Yes, we would. Can I just interject a procedural? Yeah. Just a procedural note to whichever councillor elects to make a motion. We recommend that you use the words request or suggest. If council presents it as a resolution, then there's a fixed timeline in the MGA that the meeting must be held and the 23rd might not qualify. But you could request or suggest that the mayor go ahead. I suggest that we go ahead and finalize the plans for our joint council meeting. Council that mayor, I request or suggest the mayor call a special council meeting for Monday, March 23rd, 2020 at 5 p.m. For the purpose of ratifying the intermunicipal collaboration framework agreement with Northern Sunrise County. And that the start time of our regular council meeting that day of March 23rd be changed to 530. If you would be so kind, sir. I'll ponder that, but all in favor of that request. Are you suggesting, your worship, that we vote in favor of that or will you? You can vote against it. Well, I was just wondering what your suggestion was. I was just wondering what your suggestion was. What next? After you, sir. Oh, no, please. Age before beauty. It's a bit of a moot point. But thanks for trying to bring this about me here. Because we have another request for decision. But this one is actually for the museum board appointment. Your worship and few counselors that are here. Never seen a leaf board around the table in a long time. It's in honor of International Women's Day. The report before council this evening is a request for a decision to appoint a new board member to the Peace River Museum Board. We have an empty vacancy for a member at large. And the board has reviewed an application for an individual and is supportive of their appointment. A Mr. Jonathan Spanner. And he has a master's degree in philanthropy and non-profit leadership. Maybe he should run for mayor. He also has a Bachelor of Arts in History and Political Science. And he is currently board secretary at River Bend United Church in Edmonton. Or was previously. He is a newcomer to the community, which is a great way to introduce individuals to your community assets and organizations. Okay. Well, please be gentle with Mr. Spanner. Ms. Bell. 
Okay. Uh, perhaps a motion to appoint Mr. Jonathan Spanner to the position to a position on the museum board. And your worship, I would uh, put a motion on the floor that council appoint Mr. Spanner to the museum board for a three-year term as a public member. All in favor? Thank you. I think that's passed. I don't think there was anyone opposed to, to that. Um, that then takes us to a request for a decision on a library appointment and renewals. Yes. Um, the, <clears throat> excuse me, and just a note on process, because I get this question from the library regularly still. Council does appoint library board members as per the library board bylaw. So it's not something that um, the board itself can do. They have uh, brought forward a application from a new board member, Cassidy. Jacques. Yes, thank you. I was processing the last name um, to try to attempt to say it properly. Uh, they also have three board members that are interested in being renewed for their um, positions on the board. So Barb Turcott, Emma Anso, and Jenna Davidge-Smith um, are looking for renewals. So they would like to maintain their membership on the, on the board for another three years, which um, overall is probably a good thing. They're uh, bringing some consistency to that organization. When you uh, serve on this board, do you get a free membership in London? I am unaware of their perks of the positions. Can you benefit from is that the rules so. about that? <laughs> there probably is, and I would imagine they don't receive. That's a why free we still pay when we go swimming, Tanya. That's correct. <laughs> As do I. All in, um, <laughs> did someone make a motion on this? I don't believe so. Not yet. I think it's your turn. To make a okay, um, I'll move that Council appoint Cassidy Jajong to the Municipal Library Board as a new board member and renew the appointments of Barb Turcott, Emma Anso, and Jenna David Schmidt. David Schmidt. David Schmidt? Yeah. All in favor? Perfect. Thank you. And uh, we would now like to have uh, the town provide a planning update on COVID-19. So just as an update, and I will let staff interject or speak up on this, because um, we do know it is going to be a, um, a point of interest for the media and, and for those residents who are listening. Um, so we do have a pandemic plan that was completed back in, in 2009. Um, and we've dusted that off and we've started to review it at the staff level. We had a, a senior management group group plus interested or, or other parties, and when I, I mean other internal parties such as our health and safety coordinator, communication coordinator, um, HR coordinator to come in and, and do a review. Um, and we're hoping to bring this back with all of our edits and updates um, for finalization tomorrow. Uh, the plan itself is actually fairly good. It does need to be updated. There are some sections that are dated um, or kind of above and beyond what, what we would normally do um, within a, a you know kind of pandemic situation. 
but we do hope with our review tomorrow we will be able to have a finished plan in place towards the end of the week. And again, it is mostly around these updates and whatnot. In terms of actual plan in our role in this, we do also have the Government of Alberta. This is our Alberta Pandemic Influence Plan, which is dated March 2014. And our role in this is we will be taking a lot of cues from the province, whether it's the public health officer or AHS. Our job in many ways is to support them. They've been in touch with us to update contact information, so they want to know who our Director of Emergency Management, our DEM, is. So we've been sharing that information. They've asked about facilities in town that could be utilized if they need to call on resources, so we provided that level of information. And then just reading their plan, which I think makes a lot of sense, talks about what communities or local authorities would do under their pandemic plan. And I'll just paraphrase some of the information here. Under Municipal Government Act, the role of the local authorities, which identifies municipalities or Métis community, is to ensure a safe and viable community through the continuity of local government and critical services and emergency response. Local authorities' responsibilities include, one, reviewing and implementing response plans, so our Municipal Emergency Management Plan, or business continuity programs. And again, that's where our focus is, to maintain services. If there is an outbreak that does come up to the north, or depending on the severity of it, because I think there will be some type of impacts up here, but we don't know the severity and we don't know the timing. We've identified critical, vital, and then important infrastructure services that need to be maintained. So again, water services are critical. We will do everything we can to provide water services, whether it's around the staffing, the materials needed, such as chemicals, to be able to do so. So water and sewer services, fire and other protective services are critical. Those will be provided, or we will do whatever we can to provide those, and then transportation services and whatnot. So staff have been looking at our existing plan and updating business continuity type items to ensure that we're able to do that, to ensure we have materials in place. So we are looking at what do we need. We've all heard the toilet paper stories where people are having a month's worth of toilet paper in their house. We're looking at that from a business perspective. We need a month of chemicals in our water treatment plant to ensure if there's a transportation disruption. So what do we need to have in place so we can make it for 30 days or longer period? The other items that the provincial plan identifies is maintaining the continuity of critical municipal services in consultation with AHS and business and introductory, or business and industry. And again, they identify fire, police, water treatment, delivery, waste management. Again, waste management and policing for us are contracted third party activities. We have some control over it. Waste management, while important, is not critical. In our mind, it is something, and critical is something that has to happen within a 72 hour period. Otherwise, you're gonna have significant issues. If waste management were to last for a week or 14 days, that's 
um, an inconvenience. Eventually, it would become a health and safety issue, but it would not be over a short period of time. Um, and there are other options to, to deal with that. <clears throat> and then the third item that the provincial plan notes is liaising with AEMA, AHS, and other partners to align with broader provincial response and recovery. Um, and that's important because at the end of the day, it will be Health Canada. Um, and at the higher level, the World Health Organization, um, but coming down to the 10,000 foot view, um, we will take our cues from, from the province and from AHS on how we will assist um, or advise or communicate in, in any issues that, that come forth. Um, at the staff level, we are sharing information. We started last week where we've talked about um, things we could do to try to ensure that staff are, are remain um, healthy, safe, protected. So again, lots of hand washing posters out there. Um, you know, don't touch your face, that kind of stuff. And we're, we're sharing information that AHS is putting out. Um, and we're doing that on our, our online forum. So we have, we're not sharing AHS information? No. Okay. Um, that's something we could do and link, but you know, that's, that's kind of the level we would be right now where we would share um, kind of preventative type information until, you know, we need to do something else. We, we want to inform the population, but not um, put them in a situation where they're, they're unduly worried or scared or unnecessarily concerned about, about this, but information is, is something that we could try to divulge and, and put out there. Uh, questions, Mr. John? How about uh, staff returning from foreign holidays? Are we going to ask them to self-quarantine? <laughs> um, that hasn't come up yet in terms of what we're going to do. Again, we will take our cues from, from the federal and provincial governments on best practices and look at that. Um, so, particularly those ones coming off cruise ships. Well, <laughs> there is that. Um, Why would you go on a cruise? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have our, our CAOs coming back from international shores in, in about a week. So, um, no, we don't have a, a protocol in place for that. It'll just be considered um, whereas as is, depending on, on the situation or whatever other authorities are suggesting. I'll jump in. There's um, the Alberta. The Alberta government has a website. Um, just go to alberta.ca. Coronavirus should pretty much get there. And it talks about for employers. It does give general guidelines for employers to use, and these are being updated virtually daily. Uh -huh. So I think that what Greg's talking about is that um, so other people around, if they want to find what the rules are, basically their suggestions are being updated daily, so you can pretty much find out what they would like employers to do. And uh, I know a number of organizations that are reading this every day. Right. So, so uh, right now, it's um, there really does they don't name well they name some specific place that they visit Grand Island Cruise or Iran or China Shuai Province. It is recommended that they self isolate. Um, other areas are not, and I think Italy was added, and, and they're not suggesting for other areas. A lot of other areas the same fine. So, uh, as our North Peace Housing Rep, uh, Mr. Scamahorn, are you, uh, 
Obviously, they must be uh, digging into the details on the uh, COVID-19. Absolutely. So uh, the Communications Department for North Peace Housing has recently uh, compiled and posted a, uh, an information package. It's on, available on the NPHF.ca, just on the, on the front page there. There's uh, some some updates for current things going on across peace housing and that is is one of them so it's 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 ready to go their their plans are are in place and been brought forward for public consumption because the questions are starting to come around so. especially given that a number of the infections in canada have been occurring in bc in particular in, in, in these types of facilities so Probably the most important part uh, in answer to is, uh, is, is your plan going to uh, permit the mayor to declare martial law in the event of a pandemic? So there could be a situation where we do have to declare a, so, uh, a local state of emergency, um, you know, depending on, on if the town has to take extraordinary actions or, or enter or consider certain um, things that we'd have to do uh, that again that's listed within our emergency management plan on on the pros and cons uh, and rationale to do so so your answer is no <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I'm actually not saying that there there could be instances where we have to that's that's true yeah, but you know we might require access to machinery equipment, and that's one way of doing it. So of course, no is not an absolute. But um, under this case, I would consider possibly unlikely. Well, we also have the river breakup coming up, so we definitely need to have uh, we need to have a team ready to manage that, and uh, certainly would want a a SWAT. A SWAT team for public works. Well, and what if water main breaks outside my house? I don't want to, I don't want those guys to fix it while I self quarantine. <laughs> so our ICF planning, you know, has a task force. We could put like task force Griffin out there or something like that, and, and set those up to be able to, <laughs> to plan for those eventualities. Excellent. ICF? Hmm? ICS. Oh, ICS. Yeah, ICS ICF structure does have task forces. Yeah, 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 he's in defense. He's been a little dialed in on that over the last opportunity for the ICF committee. Excellent. Any, nobody has any questions? Either. Facetious or otherwise, from Mr. Tech. Well, the, the ICF meetings did look like the incident command system from some of the meetings I've had. So I, the, the misuse of the acronym, I think, is kind of spot on, actually. Excellent. Okay, um, so maybe a motion to accept for information. Thank you, Mr. Newton. All the better. Um, that takes us to reports, engineering and infrastructure monthly report. Uh, we, I don't think we have any uh, reps here that can answer that or any questions you might have under that. <coughs> that. 
but um, it's chock full of information. And maybe the press might have a question for on, on that. And the other report uh, is the uh, Corporate Services CAO monthly report. Um, any questions there that Mr. Mr. John could field? Hearing none, I will go to the Community Services Monthly Report. Somebody must have some questions to pepper Director Bell with. Oh, I, I did have one about the last one. Are we, how, how are things going with our uh, Community Peace Officer? Speaking of martial law, <laughs> I suppose to stay on topic. But. So we have offered a casual position to an individual. Um, he is coming up Thursday for orientation. Um, and our previous officer, Spencer Wicks, will be up here to assist with that. Um, Leanne, is that for one or two days? Is he here for? Spencer or Mike? Mike. Ken. Oh, is he doing his full? I think so. Okay. So again, casual position. He's doing. He's coming in for ten days at a time. Um, so again, like I said, Spencer will be up. Um, he hasn't received his appointment from the town yet. Cannot do that until he starts with us. So he'll be focusing on bylaw type activities to start. Um, and then we do have a second individual. And again, the first one was just casual. Um, we have a second inter in individual who's coming up next week um, to do a, a second follow-up meeting interview. Um, and he's a potential full-time candidate that we would be able to have in within um, three or four weeks if, if we find him acceptable and, and then go from there. Okay, thank you. Okay, and uh, so in terms of community uh, services, would you care to highlight something, Ms. Bell? Um, we received an award, which was kind of neat. Did it come with money? No. Oh. <laughs> no, no cash, and I couldn't even be there to accept the award, so... <laughs> so the recipient isn't I in the photo, um, but the Northwest Emergency Social Services Network received an award from the province um, <coughs> for the wildfire uh, reception centers that were set up within the Northwest region. So this is on behalf of the entire region, including La Crete, Fort Vermilion, High Level, um, Calling Lake, Peace River, Grand Prairie and High Prairie were the reception center locations that were active in, during that time frame. And just of a, a, a quick note, it was the first award given to a non-firefighter. So we thought that was kind of a neat, a neat situation because quite often um, you don't hear about the stuff we do because yeah. it's the media can't be in the space, that kind of thing. So that was kind of neat. Um, probably that's the most significant one. Oh, um, that and we did receive, I have not received the formal letter from the Alberta 55 plus games that we have received verbal um, notice that we did, um, we were awarded, I'm having language issues here, the, the game, the 2021 games. So we, we are hosting. We are the host. Who the, were we competing against? I don't, I didn't ask. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, 
Maybe this is <laughs> lousy of me to say, but it does to me. Um, they didn't. I didn't ask, and they didn't tell me. So we might have been competing against ourselves, for all I know. Because we want to send the I'll community win, win. that didn't get it a a a backhanded letter of yeah. uh, congratulations on their yeah. almost successful. That that would be poor sportsmanship. Would it? We'll just. I better stay yeah, out of it. Then. Yeah, we'll we'll just mosey forward. Okay, and so um, I notice you have uh, some information here about Greece Parent. Like, um, they have been in the news lately, have they not? Or some, in terms of government funding? Or? Um, no, we haven't heard anything yet. Nothing has been um, finalized, confirmed, unfortunately. And uh, do you want to talk about your statistics? Um, or whether it be museum or uh, or recreational facilities, because it looks like I don't get the colors in my my copy. Oh, you've got the black and white version. Yeah. Oh, I could tell you all sorts of good stuff then. Um, <laughs> our numbers are up, so that that is good overall. Fieldhouse numbers are doing very well. Ice use is slightly up, but. It really isn't going to change much more. There's only a little bit of ice time available left. And drop-in use, um, of course, these look great right now because we've only been formally operating for three months. So um, our drop-in program's usage is, of course, up because it went from nothing to <laughs> new programming. And uh, indoor track, uh, January, <laughs> For good reason, and so should it. Um, sort of always your worst month, worst month of the year. The track usage was uh, double that it was previously, in, even December. Okay. So lots of people out using the facility. And your 2020 number numbers have gone up for the museum as well. Yes, they have slightly. We actually had some schools in which is very unusual. We normally don't see the schools until end of school year when we become popular as an outing, May and June. Um, but we had schools in in January. Okay. Very good. Okay. Uh, anybody else have queries of Ms. Bell? Those percentages on the um... Fieldhouse, is that uh, based on the 24-hour clock? No. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, there, We base them on our actual operational hours. That's 7 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. Okay. Yeah. So what are normal hours of operation or availability, I should say. Okay, so you don't count people that go to the 24-hour gymnasium? No. So you're... You're not interested in the night owl statistics. <laughs> they're, they're his, not ours, yeah. Okay, and uh, neither of our library board reps are here to uh, speak to the Peace Library System board highlights. Good day to cut the funding. I'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, teach people to take holidays. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we'll we'll ex uh, motion to accept uh, uh, reports 11.1 through 11.4 inclusive for information. 
making that. You should keep a running tally of who's who's ahead and who's behind in these worship here so we can start a little bit of a competition. And the, and the person that gets the most, makes the most motions in a year gets a trophy or something. Well, uh, currently at this meeting, we have three by Councillor Good, three by Councillor Needham, and two by Councillor Scammore. Is he gonna? Uh, is he gonna try and try and uh, keep up with the rest rest of the pack here, or is he gonna fall off? Oh, I'm just young and inexperienced. What do I know compared to these other gentlemen? I'm just hanging back. <laughs> See if I want to kick at the end of the. I want to know what the prize is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who's making the motion here on on? Uh, that was Councillor Needham. Oh, was it? Okay, all in favor. And that'll take us to uh, information, a uh, letter from Municipal Affairs regarding the 2020 budget. Are you going to uh, tell us what the hell is happening? Nothing good. Um, so it is an update from the Office of Alberta Municipal Affairs on uh, these additional 2020 or impacts to municipalities in the 2020 budget. Um, and they're generally built off of the announcements that were made in the 2019 budget. So it, it does discuss that there's no change to the MSI funding or changes that were announced in the 2019 budget. So we'll be losing approximately 10% of our MSI funding for capital projects in 2020. And that's about 160,000 and a further 10% in 2022, and that's a similar amount of 160,000. So we'll lose, <coughs> after that, 20% um, less funding or $220,000 less in the years going forward. So that'll be a, a challenge for, for us and every municipality in, in the province. Um, also, re-identifies the grants in place of taxes, the grant and loop program, with provincial properties um, traditionally had paid the full tax burden or tax amount levied by municipalities. Now that'll be reduced by 25% in 2020 and 25% in 2021. So um, the impact to us will be about 150,000 because right now we, we generate about 295,000 from, from taxes on provincial properties. So that'll be an impact. Um, they do announce a couple other changes here, which is the, the first one is the elimination of the fire grant, fire training grant to municipalities. Um, I actually don't know much about this or how we have been able to utilize it in the past, so I, it's probably a, a request-based amount. It was not an automatic amount, so um, that's just, again, more provincial money that's dried up. Um, and they discussed that the, the AFRAX, the Alberta Fire Responder Radio Communication System, is being transferred to the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, AEMA, from Service Alberta. It says all streamline emergency planning and, and whatnot. I don't know what the actual impact is. So, you know, if they feel that's a benefit, then, then who are we to say that that's a change? Um, other than that, there were no, there's nothing significantly new in the 2020 budget. Um, most of the issues or harm to municipalities was done in the 2019 one. 
Um, and this just reiterates that those are, are generally going to stay in place. And, um, you know, they, they do mention that they are, they are working and have challenges to get their fiscal house in order, which unfortunately are significantly coming on the backs of municipalities. So, you know, these are the, the issues that we're dealing with and the burdens that we will have to bear to assist the province in, in rectifying their financial issues. And uh, Mr. Needham is going to give us an update on Cutthroat Man expansion. Very quickly, Your Worship. Yes, just uh, last Friday I had an opportunity to participate in the uh, Franco Albertan flag raising event. And just, uh, I guess, after the event, had a sidebar with a couple of well, the school superintendent, uh, school principal. Uh, and uh, a couple of the board members and basically uh, I referenced uh, I think council will remember I think it was Alberta infrastructure if I'm not mistaken last November sent out a news release that it identified a capital project here and it was when I say here is in Peace River so the school is now offering up to grade 12 here so uh, the school has been growing considerably the last number of years and they've been adding another grade at the end of that uh, continuum. So um, to support that growth, there was a capital project announced by Alberta. And then uh, it did take some time. And uh, I was advised that, that Canada just acknowledged a contribution to the school as well. So, um, it's un so, they, so they've got two letters now from two levels of government so that there will be a capital project. It's largely undefined. Um, I think uh, where we had the conversation was there would be a future round of consultation and they mentioned uh, contacting community services, our director of recreation, and they were, this conversation was around identifying what gap exists in the Peace River recreation uh, inventory. And, and so this is the theater idea, this is the uh, the the the, uh, the climbing wall the whichever so uh, largely unsafe so they they just to wrap it up uh, the project's on uh, we can expect to hear from them they also said they would be talking to the rural uh, the counties as well but I suspect we're going to hear from them in the next couple of months uh, be some planning and uh, I asked about an end game in terms of a time frame and. They seem to think that three years there would be a new a new facility on the ground. So uh, there's a, another service, uh, another school. So with a the theater? Yeah, well, potentially with the theater, yeah. yeah. And a climbing wall. I'm sorry? And a climbing wall on the theater. Yeah, well, <laughs> largely undefined. So uh, so we will hear from them. There's no question about it. We're high on their list. So perhaps a motion to accept items uh, 10.1 and 10.2 inclusive under information. Mr. Scamahorn, pulls into a tie with the rest of the counselors, and the motion passes. Are there any notices of motion that need to be heard, Mr. There is not your motion. Uh, I don't see any uh, member, uh, any public members in the in the gallery, so we will uh, go immediately to key communication items. 
Um, so we'll turn to the press and ask them if they have any special uh, requests, interviews, etc., or even questions that they want to ask now. Actually, now that you did mention the uh, CO, the COVID thing, and you mentioned that possible uh, um, state of emergencies, I know when I was in um, Ontario when they declared that um, it was due to flooding, and I think it's something along the lines of three percent of the levy or something like that. Um, uh, depending on how much of the levy you have to spend, is how much the uh, province would kick in some money. Um, would anything like that be available here from the Alberta government? Should say, uh, if uh, say, in worst case scenario, uh, something that rhymes with it hits the fan. I've never heard of a matching grant for emergency. You have to apply afterwards. I, I know that. I'm actually not sure what the <clears throat> legislation says in Alberta. Like for example, I know in American states, as soon as they announce state of emergency, um, they are eligible for certain types of federal funding. Um, I'm not sure how, how that works in, in Alberta. So In Ontario, it was provincial. It was up to, if you had to spend up to 3% of the levy, you would get a good chunk of it back. And I remember it became a big story out there because the town of Minden and the hills fell just a fraction below that. So the province was like, thanks, but no thanks. So I was always wondering what that may have been like here. So Yeah, but that sounds like you're kind of setting yourself up to spend uh, to get over a threshold, right? Yes. Yeah. I think the issue here is it's like for flooding, it's only going to flood in the areas where it's flooding. This is going to be everywhere. So that's. This is the disaster relief fund. Mm -hmm. You have to apply to that. Have. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. And you apply after you've spent. Yeah. Okay. The soul just gives you power to requisition funds outside the budget yeah. or for the director of emergency management, usually a staff member, to be able to do that. Yeah. Okay, so there is something. Yes. Okay. So you could get funds to, say, rip open the side of the dike with a excavator during a flood. Right. But uh, they're your own municipal funds. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so they wouldn't actually... Uh, you just don't have to ask us. Yeah, there's no provincial funding available immediately. You have to appeal to the province after yeah. your disaster. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. And cross your fingers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's good. That's good. Can I go over with Greg about some of the details and also Tanya either later or tomorrow? Yeah. About what you talked about? About COVID-19? Yes. And yeah. Uh, excuse me, I just it's deadline day, and I had to send a cut line off the top of my head about okay. the hockey stuff. I do have another question that's not related to anything that was talked about in the meeting, but I'm also doing an article about the closure of or partial closure of parks across the province, and there's at least four local or peace region area parks that are being closed, and I'm wondering if you or any councillors would like to make a comment, not necessarily right now, but perhaps tomorrow, about your standpoint about the closures. Um. No, I, I wouldn't really have any comments, just uh, probably questions on what they're going to do with Sulphur Lake, but maybe it's, Mr. Scamhorn knows. It's closed. Yeah, but, well, in terms of aeration, <coughs> keeping those fish alive and stocking them. And I have more questions than anything else on that as well. I don't know that my comment is worth more than yeah. the average citizens. It's like, I wonder what this is going to look like. Yeah. So. Is it, are they going to put a gate at the top of the hill or what? I have no idea. 
there, there's a lot of ambiguity in the comments. I, I got some from the uh, press secretary and she told me that the parks will be closed, but responsible Albertans can still use them. And there's been comments by the general public about if there are no staff overseeing the parks, that vandalism will occur. And I asked her that question and a number of others, including how many jobs will be lost and I, you know, nothing to just, whatever makes the government look good is what she said, but nothing else. So I'm still pursuing it, could take a while. So I, I thought uh, well, we, town officials would have input. We don't have answers and uh, our comments would probably be just speculation. So. But that doesn't mean that. I, 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 I suspect the rural, <laughs> you know, the, the obvious uptake would be the, if somebody does pick them up, would be a rural municipality. So a, a mm -hmm. good question maybe pointed at County of Northern Lights or, or, or Clear Hills County, I guess, would be that one. Uh, that they would be obvious custodians of, future custodians of. Well, but then again, there's some that are closed, some partially closed, and the separate group is that, is parks, are parks that they're looking to partner with municipalities about. Right. So there's there's yeah. a different. We, we have enough trouble running our own parks. We don't want any more. Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. But remember, there's power in, in unity, people. <laughs> Get out there and say something. <laughs> Next time. I found that these things are never as horrible as they look after the headline comes out, but never as good as the government hopes once all the dust settles. So where's it going to land? Somewhere in the middle. Oh, that was a good quote for you. That was a good quote. <laughs> Do you want me to write that down? Yeah. <laughs> it's on the recording. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, so nothing further? No. Okay. Ex except to set a time with you two whenever. Yeah. You can set yep. a time afterwards. Yeah. Uh, and with that, we will uh, declare a recess for 10, 10 minutes or so.